Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXB and today is the 19th of July 2022. The global crypto market has just crossed the $1 trillion mark and there is a very high chance that in the next couple of days, it will go down below the $1 trillion mark again. Buy the rumors, sell the news. Is that the reason why the price of Polygon Matic and Ethereum has gone up? Personally, I definitely think so. That's the reason why. The reason being, there's a massive event taking place in Paris. It is called as the Ethereum Community Conference. It is the largest annual European Ethereum event focused on technology and community. Three intense days of conferences, networking and learning. And it takes place today, that is 19th till the 21st of this month. I do know quite a lot of people from Dubai and US and UK who have moved to attend this event. And Polygon Matic has some massive updates in that event. And most likely that is the reason why the price of Polygon Matic has shot up by more than 20% in the last 24 hours. Ethereum has also gone up and Ethereum Classic has also gone up. So in today's episode, we're going to very briefly discuss the reason as to why the price of Ethereum, Polygon Matic and Ethereum Classic has gone up. We're also going to be discussing Web3. Personally, I'm not a fan of Web3 at all because I do think that there is not much that can be done with blockchain technology beyond transfer of money. And to be honest, Bitcoin does the best job at it. But we're going to share some news and a really interesting news is about Christie's, which is one of England's auction house that makes its move into Web3. They are investing quite a lot of funds in Web3. Jack Dorsey's TBD has also released information via the website. As a matter of fact, today there are quite a few updates about Web5. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about Web3 and what Web5 is. Now what is it that you guys think about Web3? Is it just a facade? Is it just a gimmick to get funds from venture capital? Or Web3 is the next big thing? Guys, I've been in Bitcoin since 2013. I've heard the exact same thing when Ethereum got launched. There was this massive ICO craze. All the same things that I'm hearing now are exactly the same things that I was hearing from 2016 onwards. Absolutely nothing has been changed. It is pretty much the same for almost 8 years. Regarding UAE, we have two news as well. One of the news is absolutely fantastic. That is Kraken, one of the world's oldest cryptocurrency exchange. And Rock Bank, which is from one of the Emirates in Dubai, allows investors to fund virtual asset investment through their local bank accounts. This is absolutely massive. And we'll be exploring it in detail. Next is kind of like a consortium. So there are five firms which are involved in this. That is New Tech System, Intertech Systems, Convex, Block Armor and Blockchain Works. They have announced a strategic partnership to expand blockchain enterprise solutions in the Middle East region. I really am not sure about this project because to be honest, it does look like a consortium, an association. So I personally am not a fan of this, particularly when blockchain technology is involved. And later on, I'm also going to be discussing the basic difference between open blockchain and permission blockchain. So welcome everyone. It's 8 here in Dubai and you're listening to Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. How the series of episodes under Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is, 
we usually cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. This is followed by two news and information related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East from the cryptocurrency world. This is followed by an Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions from 8.30am to 9am Gulf Standard Time regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. Every Fridays at 8am Gulf Standard Time, we have an episode called Metaverse Everything where we solely focus on Metaverse. So please check out those episodes also. The format for Metaverse Everything podcast is completely different and what I do is I write a daily report via my LinkedIn profile. My LinkedIn profile is in the show notes below. Alternatively, you can go to the Medium website and type in Blockchain DXB and you'll get all the information there too. So welcome everyone. Today is the 19th of July and the market does look green. Are these the signs of a bullish market ahead? I definitely do not think so. The global crypto market has crossed the $1 trillion mark and it stands at $1.1 trillion, an increase of 3.88% since the last 24 hours. The total crypto market volume over the last 24 hours is up by 52% and it is currently at $89.05 billion. But the volume of DeFi is pretty much the same and it is currently at $7.74 billion. DeFi accounts for 8.70% of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. The volume of stablecoins is at $80.02 billion and stablecoin accounts for almost 90% of the total crypto market volume. To be honest, it accounts for 89.90% of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. The king of all kings, Bitcoin, is currently at $21,606. Earlier in the day, it did cross the $22,000 mark, but it has gone down. The price of Bitcoin as of 19 July is $21,606. And since the last 24 hours, it is up by 2.93%. And since the last 7 days, it is up by 5.8%. Ethereum, the price is $1,482. And this is what we'll be discussing later on in the episode too. Since the last 24 hours, it is up by 9.37%, but since the last 7 days, it is up by 30.75%. Now, 30.75% in a gloomy market is extremely, extremely well. So, looks like buy the rumor, sell the news is still in play in the cryptocurrency world. Binance coin is marginally up only by $7. Yesterday, it was $250. Today, the price of Binance coin is $257. Since the last 24 hours, it is up by 3.19%. And since the last 7 days, it is up by 11.87%. So this whole narrative of buy the rumor, sell the news has definitely pushed the cryptocurrency market over $1 trillion. Polygon Matic is up by 22% since the last 24 hours. And in the last 7 days, it is up by 55.82%. So that is quite a lot. And the reason why this is happening is because there is a massive event which is taking place called as Ethereum Community Conference Number 5. The website for that is eatcc.io. That is E for elephant, T for tango, 
C for Charlie, C for Charlie.io. That is I for India and O for Orange. Now, because of this event, it does drive in a lot of institutional investors and they tend to pitch in. It gets a lot of mainstream media coverage. So personally, I think this is just a temporary hike. There is very high chance that the price would actually go down. In fact, in yesterday's episode, I also talked about how a trend which I've been noticing only since the last three weeks is that on Saturdays and Sundays, the cryptocurrency market tends to pump and Tuesdays and Wednesdays is when the price goes down. It'd be really interesting to see what the price of Ethereum, Polygonmatic and the entire cryptocurrency is, especially on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Now, there's a massive news regarding the merge which will be announced in Ethereum. The news is that the merge of Ethereum date is set and it is going to take place on the 19th of September. Ethereum Beacon Chain Community Director who goes by the Twitter ID SuperPiz. He posted a series of timeline and in that timeline he actually mentioned why the merge date has marginally pushed just by a few weeks. So very good explanation. And Bitcoin.com has given a very detailed explanation with their own commentary. So what I would recommend you to do is go to the Twitter ID of SuperPiz which is spelled as P-H-I-Z. He has given a detailed breakdown and using that tweet, Bitcoin.com has given their own commentary and given an explanation. And guys, what do you guys think about this whole movement of Web 3.0? Personally, I do think it is the next ICO craze. Cointelegraph has posted an article just a few hours ago that they share info on how Web 3.0 dominates venture capital interest in the blockchain industry, especially in quarter two of 2022. The article mentions that despite a large slump in global markets, and recent Horowitz has closed a $4.5 billion crypto fund, and investment continued to flow into different sectors of the crypto industry. So looks like Web 3.0 is definitely getting a lot of attraction from be venture capital and institutional investors. Christie's, the British auction house which was founded in 1766, has launched a venture fund and will fund emerging technologies and financial innovations relevant to art. Now, earlier today, they have successfully closed their first investment in Layer Zero Labs. And Layer Zero Labs has only started less than a year ago. So if you go through Christie's website, It gives you a full detailed breakdown as to why they have chosen Layer Zero Labs. So Christie's venture will start by exploring three broad categories that is Web 3.0 innovation, art related to financial products and solutions and technologies that enable seamless consumption of art. If you are a startup and are looking for funding and if your project is related to art, And if you're doing something to do with Web 3.0 innovation, Christie's is definitely the place to go to seek your funding. Now, what is the proper definition of Web 3.0? Finance Magnets has made an attempt to explain what Web 3.0 actually means. What they say is that it is a decentralized version of the web with a money layer in which users take independent ownership of their data and digital identity. Jack Dorsey, on the other hand, he does not believe in Web 3. What he says is Web 5. 
So he has a completely different approach for Web 5 and not Web 3. He has a website called as TBD. Based on the website, it says that Web 5 is a decentralized platform that provides a new identity layer for the web to enable decentralized apps and protocols. So the definition talks about how in the current web model, users do not own their data or identity. They are given accounts by companies and their data is held captive in app silos to create a new class of decentralized apps and protocols that puts individuals at the center. We must empower them with self-owned identity and restore control over the data. It is extremely ironic that Jack Dorsey from Twitter or former CEO of Twitter is working on this. Jack Dorsey's platform TBD embraces the convenience of Web2 but it also returns control back to the users and ethos of Web5. So the harmony of these two view is what they are calling it as Web5. Personally, I kind of do like Jack Dorsey's explanation in comparison to let's say Web3.0. I think that Web 3.0 is just another gimmick to lure venture capital investors. We at Blockchain DXP very strongly feel that blockchain technology has very limited use case, transfer of money being one of them. There is very little that can be done using cryptography, hashing algorithm and mathematics, maybe even Zeke knowledge proof. A 100% distributed network is extremely, maybe impossible to materialize. The reason being game theory, human greed and demand versus supply of open blockchain protocols where supply is fixed is extremely a difficult, maybe an impossible task to solve. But let's try to see maybe Jack Dorsey's TBD could be an exception. Jack Dorsey is the CEO of Square and he's working on Web 5. So as I said, it is a combination of Web 3 plus Web 2. The great thing is it is open source and where appropriate built on open standards. So more information is available on the website. The current focus is decentralized identity, that is identity created, owned and controlled by individuals without reliance on central entities. So most likely this could be the new trend in the next coming months, coming years and with deglobalization, this just might play a pivotal role in setting a new world order. On the website, they also have a panel discussion on decentralized identity where they talk use cases, benefits, DIDs versus NFTs and quite a lot more. So you can go through TBDC's website or you can go to my LinkedIn profile. You will find all the information from the first source. Now guys, let's look at news from UAE. The first news is Kraken and Rock Bank allows investors to fund virtual asset investments through the local bank accounts. I'm just going to quickly give basic information of what Kraken is and what Rock Bank is. Kraken was founded in 2011 and it is the oldest cryptocurrency exchange in the world. They are currently valued at $10 billion and Kraken provides trading between cryptocurrencies and fiat currencies. It also provides price information to Bloomberg Terminal. Kraken is the first global virtual assets exchange group in the UAE to receive a full financial license from the Abu Dhabi global market. Rock Bank, on the other hand, was founded in 1976 in the Emirates of Russell Kema, or called as Rock, and the website is rockbank.ae. That is R for Roger, 
A for America, K for Kite, Bank.ae, and they're listed on the Abu Dhabi Security Exchange. In 2022, in the first quarter itself, their net profit jumped over 93%. So this year is definitely looking fantastic for Rock Bank. On the website, they also have a section called as SME. It is kind of like an association for small businesses. If you are a cryptocurrency startup and are probably looking for funding in Dubai or in UAE, Rock Bank may just might be the place to go. Rock Bank has recently appointed a CEO called Raheel Ahmad and he was appointed only a few months ago, that is on the February of 2022. And looks like that could be the reason why they are accepting cryptocurrencies. And it is the first bank to enable Kraken to offer transparent, efficient, Dirham-based digital asset trading to the UAE-based customers. Rock Bank will become the first UAE bank to enable Kraken to offer transparent, efficient, Dirham-based digital asset trading to the customers as the UAE takes strides to achieve its vision of becoming a global virtual asset hub. Residents will soon be able to trade virtual assets in Dirham's using their local bank account. And Rock Bank will enable Kraken to have the UAE-based client fund their crypto account through local fund transfers from any bank in the UAE. So this is definitely a very, very big deal. I'm pretty much sure in the next coming weeks or months, other cryptocurrency exchanges will be tying up with top banks in UAE. And UAE residents now will be able to fund their account faster at lesser cost all while remaining within the UAE's jurisdiction. This just means that there's got to be really strong and heavy compliance and anti-money laundering requirements. Definitely a very, very great move. The next news, guys, is kind of like an association and this is what I have found out. And personally, I'm not quite content with this news. So there is a blockchain-based enterprise solution and there are five companies involved. The first one is New Technology Systems. It is an IT software and service provider which is headquartered in Dubai. The second one is Intersec Systems. It is a regional IT service specialist in digital business application, managed services, cloud security and infrastructure and they are located in Dubai as well. The third one is called Convex. It is an IT company specializing in ERP, BPM, information security and professional consulting they are located in UAE and in India. The fourth one is Block Armor, and they are harnessing blockchain and emerging technologies to counter growing cybersecurity challenges in bold new way. And they are located in Singapore and India. The fifth one is Blockchain Works SG. They are a next generation digital financial ecosystem powered by blockchain technology. They are located in Singapore. Clearly, this looks like more of a consortium, more of an alliance. And if that is the case, this is going to be an extremely, extremely centralized blockchain. So technically, it is not even a blockchain. If it is centralized, you may as well start using a software. They announced a strategic partnership to expand blockchain-based enterprise solutions in the Middle East region. The collaboration will see the deployment of next-generation blockchain-powered infrastructure and systems to help organizations accelerate digital transformation programs and lead in the post-COVID-19 digital era. The company will begin by deploying Blockchain Works Web3 Innovation Lab 
in the region to serve as a hub to showcase relevant solutions, explore new possibilities, and accelerate innovation while working together with enterprise and government clients to roll out a wide variety of business-ready use cases for blockchain technology. In addition, the end of year will also offer a well-defined execution strategy for businesses in the Middle East looking to adopt blockchain technology to streamline the business process. Now, this all sounds absolutely beautiful and it sounds very corporate, but the idea is the transaction needs to be peer-to-peer. This, what they're planning to do is form a consortium and association. And the biggest problem with that is the consortium or the association can go ahead and double spend. Bitcoin was precisely created so that there is no spending, so that there is no association. So personally, I'm not at all content with what they are doing and it looks more of a business-to-business use case. You do not need blockchain technology for that. If you want to go ahead and roll out something similar, you can do it directly with Ethereum without the need for any consortium, any kind of partnership and it looks more of a centralized blockchain. Now, using centralized or permission blockchain is as good as using a software. The biggest innovation of Bitcoin in terms of its predecessors was that it solved the double spend problem, which means after Bitcoin, you could not cheat the system. But if there is a consortium or an association, companies can double spend and it defeats the whole purpose of using blockchain technology. What I'm going to do is I'm quickly going to share seven key differences between open blockchain and permission blockchain so you get an idea of what and the value of open blockchain is. Open blockchain such as Bitcoin, the firstly, it is open source. Permission blockchain are not open source, the code is protected. Second, open blockchain is permissionless, absolutely anyone can use it. In case of a permission blockchain or consortium, you require prior permission from the association members. The third, open blockchain and Bitcoin is censorship resistant. No one can censor your transactions. In case of permission blockchain, the association or consortium can censor your transactions. You also need to follow the anti-money laundering, FATF guidelines, KYC requirements. The fourth one is open blockchain and Bitcoin is borderless. You can do transfers from anywhere in the world. In case of permission blockchain, it is restricted only to a specific jurisdiction and the association is responsible to ensuring that the transactions happen only inside the jurisdiction. The fifth one is neutral. So open blockchain and Bitcoin. The feeling, the value of using Bitcoin is the same, let's say, in India, Afghanistan, China. In case of permission blockchain, because it is restricted only to a few areas, you can only utilize these facilities within the jurisdiction. Finally, the sixth one the sixth one is open blockchain and Bitcoin. The transactions are publicly verifiable. Absolutely anyone in the world can verify these transactions. In case of permission blockchain, it is the association or consortium and chosen officials who can validate these transactions. The seventh and the most important thing is open blockchain and Bitcoin cannot be double spent. That means you cannot cheat the system. In case of permission blockchain or centralized blockchain, because there is a consortium or an association, double spends can occur, which means you can go ahead and easily, easily cheat the system. Again, the idea and intentions for using blockchain technology is great, but you need to use the right protocol. 
And I also try to give in terms of, you know, what are the benefits of using permission and centralized blockchain. So let's say I try to utilize in terms of time, cost and quality. Open blockchain and Bitcoin are extremely slow. They are expensive and the user experience is absolutely terrible in case of permission or centralized blockchain because there is a central entity, a consortium. The transactions do happen very fast. Often they are free and they can offer excellent user experience. They can offer customer service support as well. So there are a few benefits too, but the use case is not right. So that's all for today guys on the Crypto and Coffee Tate from Blockchain DXB. If you guys have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com. You can also check out my website that is www.blockchaindxb.com and please check out my other website that is area2071.com that talks everything about Metaverse. If you like listening to this, please follow this podcast, give it a 5-star rating and please share the word across. Now for the next 30 minutes, it's going to be an Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. So let's kickstart the Ask Me Anything series. Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXB. You're listening to the Ask Me Anything series where your listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. Remember, Monday to Thursdays, 8am to 8.30am, we have Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. This is followed by two news and information related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. What you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions from the cryptocurrency world. I have a first question by Gordon who asks, if you have $100,000, where would you put your money on? Now Gordon, firstly, this is not financial advice, so we need to make this really clear. The $100,000 where I would be investing is not financial advice. 30% Gordon, I would be putting it in Bitcoin. 10% I would be putting it in Ethereum. Maybe 20% I'll try to put that funds in learning new things. Now what I mean by learning new things is digital art. And I'm talking uh, learning digital art not to do with NFTs but to focus on metaverse. So 20% of the funds, so approximately $20,000 is what I would invest in learning things about the metaverse. The timeline for metaverse is at least a decade from now. So it will be a very slow process. What I want to do is, you know, I want to I want to build a throne, essentially a chair, something like the Game of Thrones. But that throne will be made of numbers. What I want to do is, you know, Bitcoin white paper. I want to put it under the SHA-256 algorithm. Whatever outputs that you get, using that output, I want to just create a throne and the throne would be a 360 degree image. Hopefully in the near future, you can use your augmented reality, sit on it and try to utilize different senses and have a podcasting session in that. That is what I would be using 20% of my funds for. So how much have we spent, uh, Gordon? We spent 30% in Bitcoin, 10% in Ethereum, 20%. So that makes it what, 60% of the funds? 
The remaining 30%, what I would personally do, Gordon, is I would put it in semiconductor because I think that in a, in a decade's time, metaverse is something that will be mainstream. And one of the core areas, purely from the business point of view, I do think semiconductor is the blue ocean. So 30%, maybe $30,000, I would be investing in hardware firms that do actually manufacture semiconductors from a long-term point of view. I wouldn't be focusing on the software element part of it. And the remaining, let's say 10%, I might maybe invest in lightning apps. Now, as you know, that Bitcoin second layer solution is lightning network. So 10% of my funds are probably invest in that. And the remaining 10 or 15%, I don't know, maybe I might buy some Dogecoin or Shiba Inu coin. I don't know, maybe 5% Dogecoin, 5% Shiba Inu coin. Again, Gordon, this is not a financial advice. So just to recap, 30% would be in Bitcoin, 10% would be in Ethereum, 20% would be on learning new things, 30% I would invest in semiconductor, and you know what, the, the remaining 10%, instead of Lightning Network, what I would do is I would invest in Decentraland and maybe Sandbox, even though the functioning right now is terrible, but I would be investing probably five $5,000 each. So again, this is not a financial advice, Gordon. I have another question by Rohan who asks, are you planning to do any interviews for your podcast? Definitely, definitely, yes, Rohan. In fact, one of the core areas of the podcast is to do interviews. What I want to do is uh, I want to have interviews on Bitcoin. So I plan to have at least 10 to 12, maybe even more, and the list would be endless on Bitcoin. So I want to get software developers. I want to get startups that are trying to build something on Bitcoin, something like a Jack Mauler's strike. If there are any firms in Dubai and UAE who are trying to build something on that, that would be absolutely brilliant. And I do want to get involved with them and get interviews with them. Maybe have interviews with Ethereum developers. Consensus, they have the office in Dubai. So maybe I could get interviews with some of them. And different blockchain Ethereum competitors like Solana, EOS have truckloads of interviews. What I do want to do is Rohan get cryptocurrency exchanges and I want to do interviews with them. So let's say Binance, for instance, maybe get the managing director of Binance and ask them their role, their expectations, what are the challenges that they have faced. Maybe get crypto.com and the, the number is endless. There is also Crypt Crypto Oasis, which is kind of like an association for all blockchain startups. I do want to get be a member of that. And that is something which I'm planning to do it as a matter of fact this week itself. I would be more than happy to interview each and every person. Apart from that, Rohan, what I do want to do is do interviews with Metaverse startups, especially in Dubai and UAE. There are quite a lot of startups which are currently investing a huge amount of money in Metaverse. So I've already sent out an email to some of them. I've got replies for some of them and I'm trying to schedule some interviews probably this week itself. I've scheduled two for Wednesday, one for Thursday. It'll be really interesting to see how the recording turns out to be. What I also plan to do, Rohan, is I want to have a session or series of episodes focusing on, let's say, recruitment in blockchain. Probably have six to eight episodes, 40 minutes to one hour long, and understand from a recruiter's point of view what are the challenges that they face, both from the company and from the candidate, and how do they verify the actual work what is the candidate pool that they get? How do they interview these candidates? Quite a lot of other things. 
the list is absolutely endless. So yes, I definitely want to do a lot of interviews. And if any of you guys want to be a part of it, maybe assist in doing the editing work or writing questions or even want to be a co-host, more than happy to drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com. That's all for today, guys, from the Ask Me Anything series from blockchaindxb.com. If you guys have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com. You can also check out my website that is www.blockchaindxb.com or check out my website that is area2071.com that talks everything about Metaverse. If you like listening to this, please, please follow this podcast, click on the follow button and share the word across. And remember guys, Monday to Thursdays, 8am to 8.30am, we have crypto and coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And how the series of episodes under crypto and coffee at 8 works is, we usually cover top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well. News that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. What you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series where your listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. Thanks so much for listening guys and have a great day ahead. Bye bye.